It's the 2010 Awesome Awards, the passive edition. This is the Awesome Cast. We are in the future. Flying cars, robot dogs, and Mega Man. Yes. Well, two of those things exist. <laughs> One day he'll stop those evil bots. That guy, I know, with balls like a rhino. Oh, where? Oh, it's Mega Man. Anyway, so, hi. It's probably on the roof. It's the awesome cast. It really hasn't changed much since last year, but now it's this year. Oh, I have a robotic arm, though. It's, he does. It's not attached to my body, but I have one. And don't worry, other Kevin is now safely cryogenically sealed, so you'll never have to hear from him again. Isn't his name, real name, Stefan or something? What? We oh. don't talk about other Kevin. Oh. Other Kevin? Or was it... it was... No, we don't talk about other <clears throat> Kevin, Lee. Somebody cloned me while I was gone. Yes. <laughs> Current Kevin doesn't know about it. Oh, did you clone a pile of rat droppings into yeah, another maze? <laughs> okay. So, anyways, hi, I'm Basil. I'm Lee. I'm Moe Lover Rail. I'm Original Kevin. And that's us. I thought you were going to call yourself the Big Daddy. Well, everyone knows I'm Big Daddy Basil. <clears throat> I mean, some things do not have to be stated. Am I the Original Kevin? Yes, you are. Okay, okay. Yeah, because other Kevin's cryogenically sealed. Okay, yeah. I, I just paranoia settling in. I mean, other Kevin has the goatee. <laughs> that joke fails on audio-based media. Fight <laughs> <laughs> to say, I have a goatee. So, tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this, we're recording tonight, though, just for, you know, reference. We'll be going through our first half of the 2010 Awesome Awards. We'll be covering what we call the passive, you know, categories, which are everything pretty much not video games and sports. So why are the, just for our viewers' sake, why are the, uh, what, what separates the, why is one passive and one aggressive? One, because, well, it's more passive and active. Ah, but it sounds better if you say passive-aggressive. Because mm. you can sit on your butt and don't have to do anything to enjoy it. Like, you know, I got you. when you read I a you. book, you're just, you're reading while your mind is active, you know, your body's not, whereas when you're playing a video game, you're, both your mind and body are harmonious and one. Maybe more so if you're, uh, got a Wii or Connect. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends on the, um, the indie games you're playing with Connect, really. Yeah. So, we got a huge smorgasbord of topics to talk about for the 2010 season, it's the year of the time of the... 2010. But first, I always want to remind you, we've got this website. It's called awesomecast.com. It's pretty great, and it has things that you can leave comments on for each episode, which you should totally do. 
You can find it at www.hazar. No, wait, it's just <laughs> No, goddammit, no. Bam. Oh! Like, ah, no, it's awesomecast, O-S-M-C-A-S-T, dot com, where there are also links to webcomics such as Hazard's Wake and Avogadro Style. I wasn't trying to steal the, I totally was trying to steal the show. It's okay. Also, there's the email, awesomecast at gmail.com. And if you want, also, since I tend to use this a lot to probe for questions, I do have a Twitter feed, which is slash the basil feed. And I think I'm the only person who's really active on Twitter. I need to get active. Yeah, I, I, I see your Twitter posts on my... smartphone. Yeah. I see your Twitter posts on my Gmail buzz, but I have no... I check Twitter means, on occasion, yeah. like once every couple of days. I, I actually have it. not turned that off because that's where I see most of the stuff Basil talks about. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so check me out on Twitter, and as soon as these other yahoos actually get Twitter as well, or make use of Twitter I'll as well. Maybe if I ever get an actual phone, but you know. I'm not going to use the phone, I'm just going to use Twitter on my computer. But anyways, there you go. There we go, and so now we shall roll straight into the Awesome Awards. Awards. So, shall we go from bottom list to top? Bottom list to top. Bottom list to top. Bottom list to top. I was bottom. prepared for top to bottom. Okay, but okay, okay, fine, fine. We'll do it your way. All right, all right. We're doing the bottom to top. Bottom to top. Okay. Here we go. Best fan service. Lego. Ah, shit. Ladies versus butlers. Why? Because it has more fan service than anything ever has a right to have fan service. It's really horrible, though. But if you just want fan service... Since we're admitting video games, I'll let that slide. <laughs> if you want, like, manga, there's Omari Himari, which is... I think that's what it's called. I think it's an anime, too, now that I come to think of it. But I hear the anime is actually even more fan service than the manga. But it's fan service. So that's what that's uh, my decision. This is hard, actually. This is the one I had to think mo- one of the ones I'm going to have to think most about. Um, <laughs> well, while <laughs> the other two guys are thinking of it, I'm going to take this on a different track. Oh. I am going to suggest Atomen. A wonderful little manga about boys who like girly things but are mad enough to admit they like girly things. And if you like girly things... Boy, does it have plenty of fan service. It has tons of girly things. It, these fan service does not just have to be tits and ass. No, that's not what I'm upset about. It, you took my favorite, you took my manga. To you can favorite. talk about your favorite manga as well. That's fine. But mine, yeah. for as far as service goes, I'm always serving some other cute girly thing to go, oh, that's so cute and girly. Well... From a tome and manga. If we're going to expand fan service to the true definition of anything that is a service to the fans, as it should be, I have to say Super Robot Wars, the original generation, the inspectors. Because not an episode doesn't go by where they don't do something that's directed to the fans of the game. See? See, see what we gave you? See what we gave you right there? See, It's I was, awesome. I see? Tits in that. Oh, well. I honestly... Well, I can think of a couple examples, but generally shows that are heavy on that tend to turn me off more than make me watch it well me too it's uh it has to be masterful masterfully woven in and very few studios have the talent to do that anymore <clears throat> star driver isn't bad at that though um but that's uh that's probably gonna show up somewhere else in this discussion as well 
Uh, I suppose in its own way, panties and stocking, panty and stocking is pretty fucking fanservicey too. It is, especially if you like like poop. Yeah, like oh yeah, my gosh, if you're, if you're uh, into scatological uh, interest. Oh man, it is it is all up in there. It's about poop or like semen, you know, battle at Normandy. That's yeah, or um, uh, inflation. Or, or uh, very loose women that have sex all the time. It's true. Yeah. Or um, bondage. Bondage, mm-hmm. and or um, uh, or uh, sweet sweets. If you you like um, cake and such, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Brad. I what moe bullshit do you have for us <laughs> for this category? Best fan service. Uh, I'm gonna have to pick uh, the second season of Seki Day. Because we all wish we were Sahashi Minato. I probably have to see the show first to have an opinion. Yeah, uh, give us a synopsis of the show. Okay. These uh, fighters come down like in a spaceship or whatever. Nobody knows their 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 origins are mysterious, but most of them tend to be women who are really well endowed. Mm-hmm. And they all, they each have um, an ashikabi, which is basically like the guy or girl that they love, and. The feelings between them are basically what give them the strength to fight. Like, and this guy, Sahashi Minato, who is the main character, happens to have, uh, by this series, I think like six or seven uh, Sekidei, most of whom are uh, gigantically uh, boobed women. So this is some sort of harem shit. Yeah, but it's good harem shit. So did- it's got more fan service than most harems. Does it so? Does the link between them literally give them power or something, or just figuratively? Uh, literally. Interesting. Yeah, this is pretty much all just tits and ass. I'm looking at it right now. It's, <laughs> it's you know this is all TNA. This is harem bullshit right here. So, anyways, moving you know on. I was gonna pick a harem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the John has been dead to me Let since the ten years ago. Let the man have his pick. Well, we can have it. Okay. Now we're going to have, the next topic we have is late to the party, which means something that didn't quite probably happen in 2010, but you came into it in 2010 that really, really you really liked or really left an impression on you. Hmm. Am I going first again? Wait, did you, no, you do didn't, we have an order? Or, we don't have an order, but I'm going to okay. pick an order. I'm going to pick Kevin. Ah! Okay, actually I got one for this one. I'm Girlish. good. Um, hmm? Girlish squeal. Girlish squeal. Okay, yes. Excuse me. Um, I actually have to say, although I think my last one did come out in 2010, although I'm not positive, but uh, the Percy Jackson and the Olympians novel series. I, I came into that literally like when the last novel came out, and they were definitely years in between. And that's really good. Um, it's fast-paced, has a lot of action. It reminds me of kind of of the of pulp uh, fantasy in a lot of ways. But it's definitely aimed at younger readers, but it wouldn't necessarily turn off adult readers. Um, and it does Greek mythology better than really any movies do, ever. Um, but the movie sucks. The movie of it sucks, is horribly unfaithful to the book, and uh, makes me rage every single scene of it. Uh, like, every single scene, I can literally find something wrong with the movie, and it's a shame, because the books are great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't really want to go too far into it because it's something people should discover for themselves. Uh. Well, are we, uh, we're not supposed to mention video games, right? No, not for this one. Okay. Well, then I would have to pick uh, Shakugan no Shana. Ooh, that's a good pick. Because uh, I had known who uh, 
Rie Kugimiya was. She does a lot of the uh, Lolly Sundari voices. Louise, Zero <laughs> yeah, Zero no Sakaima, and Shakugana Shana, and Torador are like the big three. Yeah. And then she does that one uh, Nagi from Hayate the Comet Butler. Oh, yeah. But the three I first mentioned are what, uh, what she's, I think, most known for. And I'd seen Zero Night Sakaima a few years ago, like when it came out. I didn't see the first season when it came out. I like saw the second season when it came out. But I saw, but I decided to watch Shakugana Shana for the first time this year. I watched the entire first season. I haven't gotten to like the second season or like the OAVs yet. There's also and a movie. There is yeah, there's a movie as well. But I finally decided to start watching it because I like Torador so much. Um, <clears throat> Shakugana Shana really surprised me because. It was actually very hard to get past the first four or five episodes, and that's and it turns out I'm not the only one who thinks like that because uh, I asked two or three of my friends that same question, and they said the same thing when they watched it because it is so dreary and gloomy, and you realize like the main guy character is basically dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then like some some plot gets revealed come episode five, and it starts picking up pace, but it has this seriousness that that Zero to Sakaima does not have. Along with like all the comedic moments and everything like that, but it has this seriousness to its plot that it's just unmatched by any series that she has played a prominent role in, and by any series that J.C. Staff has done until Bakuman, if you ask me. So I, as far as like a, as far as like something that's not and not centered on romance is concerned. So, uh, Shauna was decent. I uh, Shauna. Was a, well, I didn't. The uh, stuff of the second season I didn't like, but you haven't gotten to that. <laughs> That's why I'm afraid to watch the second season. But, yeah, it was okay. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Uh, mine that I was late to the party on is Princess Tutu, which is a whimsical, crack-filled, crazy... Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what would you call... What was the word I'm thinking of? Surreal? Surreal. I'm trying to think of the word uh, fairy tale. Yeah, that's it. It's I was just... also going with solipsist, but uh, that was... <laughs> but it's it's literally about a story that some guy was writing, and then he died, and he's coming back to the grave to finish it. But more correctly, it's about this girl, Duck. What's her actual Japanese Ahiru, name? Ahiru. Which, which means is... duck. I like that a lot better, though. I like yeah. that name a lot better who's into ballet and really likes this guy and now must become Princess Tutu to set things right, but the world is completely crazy. And... She saves people with ballet. Yeah. And it's the most badass way you can... It's more badass than you can actually imagine. Yes. I'm not going to say any more about it, just that it's really great and you should check it out if you haven't. It's true. Yeah. Uh, mine's also going to be a novel series, uh, The Honorverse. The Honor series. Harrington series. Yeah, the, the Honor Harrington servant. Uh, it's, it's referred to as the Honorverse. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's what the uh, oh okay. What's what the geeks and nerds call it is it as the overall encompassing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a series um, by David Weber. It's uh, science fiction, space opera stuff. Awesome. Um, and it's 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 uh, sort of a lot of people compare it to Horatio Hornblower from C.S. Forrester. Mm-hmm. However, um, Eric will vehemently deny it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I have not read any of the Hornblower stuff recently enough to say he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Nor has he read any Honorverse stuff to say that I'm that I'm wrong. So I'm going to put the um, the connection out there anyways, and 
Oh well. It's very much British Navy in like cult. It's full on uh, imperialist days, isn't it? Or in um, space? <laughs> yes. It's not so much. Well, yeah, they're imperialists, but they're not actually out there to um, yeah. obtain other land. They're pretty comfortable or, where they are, but it is very much based off the British Empire. Yeah, or maybe comparing it to maybe like Master and Commander in space. or Yeah. It's that kind of style. I, I'm kind of extrapolating. I haven't read it. I'm actually really interested in it from what Basil like, told me. The gist but. is, is that Honor, Honor Harrington, she is this captain of whatever ship she's currently, you know, captain of. She changes ships each each book because she tends to get them blown up. Um <laughs> And she gets thrown into these crazy situations at which she has to out badass. And she does. Inevitably, she, no matter what, gets thrown her way and she might her, she might get her shit wrecked or someone close to her might die or she won't come out unscathed at all. Like, they, they, they've blown her to bits and pieces and, and stitch her back up together for the next book. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter what happens to her, she sucks it up and then literally just does some awesome, crazy, badass thing, and saves the day. And it's really neat on how they throw it. You know, first they do is they throw her into this station that is the most mismanaged thing in the world, and she has to, like, you know, insert actual authority and law to actually make it run the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, the second book she's thrown into, uh, it's a far-off colony, um, it's sort of like the Puritans on steroids, where <laughs> That's frightening. it's um, one of the first colonists to leave Earth, old Earth, to colonize a new planet, and they went there, and they were all very much, um, it was a male-dominated society. And when they got there, they find out they found out after they had landed, they couldn't leave. It was the, all the the soil was had lots of heavy metal content. And so they had to had a real rough way of surviving, and they did until they became a spacefaring people all over again. Mm-hmm. But the male-dominated society stayed in place; like women were not allowed to like have real jobs or serve in the military or be important. Certainly not be any kind of space captain. <laughs> like no, and then she has to go like organize a treaty between her kingdom and this planet. I'm sure that goes off without a hitch. Oh, it's it's neat, but she yeah. out badasses bigotry and, and sexism. Awesome. Well, like, I would hope with, so. With badassery. And it just keeps going. It's it's good stuff. It's a wonderful little series of books. If you like science fiction type stuff, you should read it. It's good. Pants. No, not pants. It's, it's books. Oh, okay. Books. Books. But, speaking of biggest, uh, being, someone being a badass, we're now to the biggest badass category. Biggest badass. I'm going to go with Honor Harrington. <laughs> That's just out of left field. It's, uh, <laughs> ooh, it's actually a hard one uh, for biggest badass, which I really. Hmm. Kevin's thinking. Brad, go. I'm still thinking as well. Brad, you suck. Lee, go. Oscar Masamune is tied with me with his girlfriend Rio. They are both the biggest badasses ever. From what series? A Tobin. And why are they badasses? One's a badass because everyone thinks he's supposed to be a badass, so he's a badass, but he's actually all girly and feminine, but he never lets anyone know that he's a badass and feminine and girly. And then... So he's badass at being badass, but he's also badass at being girly. Yes. 
That's pretty badass. It being really badass and league early. Like, he can go in and, mm. and like, show you a and great like, outfit. Yeah, like, like he'll, 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 he'll girly your shit up. You're like, fuck, I am all goddamn girly, and I feel wonderful. And he's like, yes. I love his, like, uh, rival who... It's supposed to be a badass kendo dude too, but he really does makeup and like I can make a woman look beautiful. We can't tell anybody because I'm badass. And but uh, Oscar's girlfriend Rio is really, really badass, like in a manly badass way. <laughs> because of course, if the, you have a main character guy that's really girly, you must have a main character girl who's really manly badass. Okay. Uh, okay. I. I she's yeah. also really cute. Well, I would hope so. Uh, okay. I'm. There are kind of a couple ones that are close, warring in my head, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Shotaro Hidari, the arguably the main character from Kamen Rider Double, the hard-boiled detective. Well, he really wishes he was a hard-boiled detective. It, his friends are a little too goofy for him to actually pull it off, but uh, he is badass. He totally takes out the final boss, untransformed, with nothing but a fedora. Wow. Nice. The fedora of awesome badassness. It really is, actually. <laughs> Did he steal it from Indiana Jones? No, but he got it from his boss, who was pretty much Japanese Indiana Jones, but a private eye. Awesome. Okay, he's more like a Japanese... Um... Dick Tracy? Yeah, I was tr trying to think of... Oh, the, the guy from Crystal Triangle? <laughs> I was trying to think of... The... <laughs> I was trying to think of the one like a Raymond Chandler detective hero, but I'm blanking. This uh... fedora allows you to pull powers out of your ass. Whatever you need to. Now you're the animal god king who can shoot animal god blasts. <laughs> and kill god who happens to turn out to be Caterpie. Yes. And that's that's kind of how it goes, yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't. But it's no less bizarrely awesome. <laughs> Brad. Wait, it doesn't have to be from an anime, right? No. 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 Anything that pretty well, much movie, book, I think it's, novel. It's, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, Hit Girl. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's one. That's a good one. Yeah. That was one. I mean... Come on, a twelve-year-old girl avenging her father's death—that's just—that's just bad. And, and that that scene, that whole the last twenty thirty minutes of that movie made. Yeah. Movie. Pretty that much. That was just. Yeah. I, I don't see how it's a contest here. It's good that someone else said that because that was one of the ones I was thinking about. And it's uh, good that it's good that I was the one who said that because and I went after you guys so. No. Now your answers look that that much better. It's okay. One of y'all had to choose the little girl. I mean, I'm just well, saying. Well. Well. I mean, she was so badass, the movie might as well start her. It should have started. No. <laughs> but we may hear yet more about this movie under some of the other categories. It's and true. But probably not this category. They're most disappointing. Oh. Uh, I had a good one that would have involved video games, but we decided we weren't doing that this one. Um, <laughs> this I year... I know what I'm going to do. Then Lee... Disappoint the crap out of us. Let me go for the same one of one of the ones I use for fan service, which is ladies versus butlers, because you know me being an idiot going into a heavy fan service show hoping for a good romance was the smartest thing ever. <laughs> well, it had a cute Sundari girl who was cute and hot, and but of course it's one of those that doesn't actually go anywhere. So if you put all that time into the whole series, there are a lot of interesting characters. There are a lot of interesting mm. angles to romance they could have gone with. Like, for example, the main dude is rooming with a cross-dressing chick, that, and that's a really awesome plot point. Okay. Except they don't do anything with it, so the whole thing is a big disappointment. Mm. It's Can you call something most disappointing if you expected it to be bad and it was bad? You really can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm 
Sorry, I'm working out mine out loud, unfortunately. I think you um, can, actually, because I've got mine. I will count mine that. would have to be K-On! Season 2. The reason for that is, I saw the first season, and you either really like it or you really hate it. I mean, it is Moe, but at least the plot was progressing over the course of 12 or 13 episodes that made the first season. And then, K-On! gets a second season this year. And it's twice as long, and it only goes half as far as the first season. I think it only covers their last full year in high school. And 90% of the episodes basically, basically cover stupid crap like um, buying a turtle with money or something like that, running in some sort of school-sponsored marathon. I mean, the whole idea was that when the first season ended... I expected, okay, if it's going to get a second season, they're eventually going to get they're going to get through high school and they're going to achieve their goal of playing at Budokan. Because that's what I expected the second season to end at. But then I get about seven or eight episodes into the second season. It's clear they're going nowhere. They're just basically making this show for fan service so mm. that they can sell more merchandise. Welcome to season one! Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to season exactly. one! Well, I'll give you some credit. It was season 1.5 because they did manage to graduate and do something with their lives, you know. Uh, but well, did they play any is, music? Did no, they uh, play yeah, any music? They, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious because they're actually more insert songs and image songs from that they put on soundtracks from this season, but they spent less time on stage this season than they did the first season. Even Which was twice? Was twice as long. Yeah, it was just... The first season, they were on stage like two twice. or three times. Twice. I think. Actually, I think it was three times. Give them three times. This, this season, it was, I think, only like once or twice. I don't remember. Maybe it was because they, 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 they <sighs> got on stage the same number of times, but the season was twice as long. Dear. But anyway... Total disappointment. I'm actually expecting a third season called K on You, and that's going to be 48 episodes of pure crap, and I'm talking we're going to love it. It's going to be 50 so, episodes long. It, yeah. Actually, it's going to be just them. They're going to say, would you like to sleep in the same bed as me? And it's going to show them sleeping. It's going to be 50 episodes. Oh, cover. No, no, it's just going to show. It's actually they're going to turn the camera around. They're just going to watch all the Japanese taku fapping to it as they That'd watch it. That would be the best ending ever. Okay, Japanese Animation Studios, just a word of advice. If you make a show where the premise is you have four cute girls who get together to form a band, they need to play music. Seriously, they need to play goddamn music! Kiwani, you disappointed me this I year. I would watch the show. That's probably because you were so busy doing, making the awesome, you know, Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya movie that... Yeah, maybe. It yeah, was... Yeah. That, if that's the case, then I could excuse that, but that's just... Can you, know, I... you spent half you spent half your production money producing something that's crap like K-On! with two exclamation points. Yeah. You can get more creative. Can I say that there exists a second season of Strike Witches, my most disappointing moments? <laughs> uh no, seriously. And then I didn't say like bad plot, but it was but it was animated better only because yeah. it was AIC it, and yes. they usually do a good job with everything. I, I, I do have to say and I really have to say I had no expectations for this in the begin with. Yet somehow it still managed to disappoint me with how bad it was, was the last Airbender movie. <laughs> That's a good one. That was so bad, it's not even worth making fun of. We, Susie, Barry, Bonnie, and I tried. We tried to watch it. If nothing else, to watch Asif Manvi mm -hmm. be him. He is arguably the best part of the movie. And he didn't, no way, remotely was able to save no. it. Like, the first scene of him was fine, because he was all just smug and schmarmy. So it felt like he was like, huh. I'm you mean senior. I'm, I'm on the Daily Show. You mean senior Man. Fire Nation correspondent Asif Mondi? <laughs> yes. 
Like, that was the only good joke. Well, that and penis hair. If you've not seen it, you probably don't the, know what I'm talking But the rest of the scenes about, with him, he has, but... they actually make him act. Yeah. And it suddenly just kept just as crappy as the rest of the film. Yeah. Oh, God, it was terrible. That that was, that was like, that is my least favorite movie of the year. Um, just period. That's like, oh, oh M. Night God. Shyamalan, burn in hell. How you have fallen, sir. He wasn't that high to begin with. Anyways. Well, okay. He started falling after Sixth Sense was movie. sort of cool yeah. and Unbreakable. I still stand by Unbreakable. It's kind of awesome. I Those like are obviously just flukes. <laughs> My most disappointing thing is probably an anime, um, Iron Man. I, oh, I no. actually I couldn't make myself watch that somehow. It wasn't like, that good. I gotta hear this because I've like, only seen the first three episodes and have not been disappointed. So it, well, it was just I was it's it's Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It's made by Madhouse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I was expecting like all, you know pretty much them taking the movies and turning it into anime form with a Japanese twist. We were mm-hmm. expecting that little teaser trailer we saw with awesome shit. <laughs> yes, and you don't get it. Yeah, I, that's like, what I've heard. Tony Stark is not nearly enough of a jerk. <laughs> like, he seem, he's more like generic Japanese hero than he is Tony Stark. He's a Japanese jerk. Like... Yeah, I don't think Japan gets Tony Stark. Like, now, it is weird in that... I think Daryl Trump once said it was it's kind of like Star Trek. The odd number episodes are... Uh, the even number episodes are always better. <laughs> and it mostly is true. Like, you'll, the first episode was kind of meh. The second episode was like, all right, I can see this. Then, uh... The fourth was, oh, okay, oh, hey, Wolverine. Oh, that's out of nowhere. Okay. But it just... It never really got good. I mean, it was it stayed competent... On the, on the even episodes, but I just... You can't really say it was bad, but it never really got you excited about it. No, I, mean, I just stopped mm-hmm. watching because I just stopped caring. Yeah. Like, and I was keeping up with a few, you know, series, you know, and it just was the one that just, just fell, fell off. Fell through the cracks. Like, immediately nice. Yeah. I think the problem with that was that the anime was obviously made for a Japanese audience. And I think they view... Iron Man and the rest of the Marvel Marvel superheroes is a little bit different than uh, than than we do as Americans and and I think that tr- translating something from Marvel into Japanese and then back into English is probably what threw you off and I could see that it threw me off a little bit too. Mate, I, well, the first episode I did have to get over the fact that it was Iron Man, but everything was in Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> and even they're saying Tony Starku. Tony uh, Starku. You know, but I got I got used to that at once after you know, the second episode. No, it was just more like they didn't get Iron Man as a character and as a series. That's what and I... they can do awesome sci-fi guy in a robot suit action. They're almost the inventors of awesome guys in <laughs> robot suits action. They know how to make the kind of show that I want to watch. I've seen them make it. I just we just watched an episode of Dirty Pair. Yeah, like they know how to make these kind of shows. They just didn't. I was referring to the character development. Though. Well, still, I mean, that's part of it. They though, made Trigun, so. and Trigun up till the ending was pretty fun. It had pretty neat, you know, sort of a jerky character. I mean, it was more goofy than jerky, but you know, they were able to. They can do the kind of stuff required. You know, they also made Hajime no Ippo. I mean, yeah, they Madhouse. It's a Madhouse. No, they, they generally make. If nothing else, their anime is almost always gorgeous. But they tend to make good anime. And even this one, the animation felt really jerky and stiff. Like, it didn't feel like it was the high bar Madhouse animation I expect out of it. Maybe they have a B team. Maybe they have a B team that did (laughs) that while their A team did High School of the Dead. Yeah. Which, boy, 
High School of the Dead I looked know, really good. I like that. I, it, like that I know show. you liked it. I didn't, but I, I will admit it did look really good. Yeah, it, it was did. it was animated very well. But yeah, that was my most disappointing. So yeah, okay. Next up, so who did Hero Man? By the way, Bones. 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 Okay. Yeah. I Man, I can wish Bones. You did. know, actually, right. now that now that I mention it. Iron Man, except for the except for the the color interaction they use with the characters and the detailing on their faces, the animation actually looks more like a job than my Bones, which which isn't bad. Bones is a very good company, but it's just it's just Bones and Madhouse have two obviously different styles for animation, and I felt like Madhouse was basically like outsourcing its stuff to Bones. Because maybe Bones signed this certain contract. No, Bones is really good at fluid animation, yeah. and it was jerky, and it was stiff. Like, it was the antithesis of what Bones tends yeah, Bones to do. Bones is awesome, as a general rule. Like, well, well, I'm teaching Bones from Rossifon and uh, um, the, the first Full Metal Alchemist, as well as Brother, well, Brotherhood aired, like, earlier this year. Well, like even then, year, those so. were very yeah, fluid those shows. Yeah, very fluid animation. Like, it, I mean, everything yeah. went from, you know, would move, like, wonderfully. It was... But this one, it feels much more like production IG. Really? That okay. everything was stiff, and he had realistic faces, but they didn't move very well. And, I mean, production IG usually has, you know, realistic faces, but they move very well. Yeah. But this one, is, it just feels like, yeah, Madhouse subbed this out to, like, a B or Somebody. C team. While they are focusing on other shows, and it just really shows. Like High School of the Dead yeah. in this case. Oh, okay. What else we got? Next up, Best Female. So many choices. Um. I'm going to go with Excel and Browning from <laughs> Super Robot Wars, The Inspector. <laughs> Why is that, Lee? Because Excel and Browning is awesome, and she shoots shit, and she's flirty, and she makes Bullet embarrassed, and she flirts with girls too, and she's awesome, and says crazy lines. And she's the only reason humanity as we know it is not destroyed by her boyfriend. She's just a really awesome female character. The only problem is, is that, uh, is that you know, of course, this new this new Super Robot War series has to over sexualize everything, and she was already sexualized enough. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm wearing two layers of armor, but you can see my nipples through it. But that's one of my only. Well, this animated by Masami Obari, and all his stuff inexorably drifts towards porn now. <laughs> well, that's the only real problem with it. But anyways, she's a really awesome female robot pilot. She's got a great personality and sense of humor, and she pretty much eggs on, bugs, and confuses her teammates, except for her boyfriend, who just sits there going, I'm fucking serious. Yeah. I'm fucking serious. Oh, this, I'm sorry, this, I'm like, this is a hard one. <laughs> for me. This is just, in general, like, you know, best female. Son of a monkey. I, I can have a really easy one, but I won't. Mm. Honor Harrington. <laughs> like you can't use Otter Harrington for every answer. Only for half of them. No, I'm. Actually, I have to say, like in the grand scheme of the universe, um, out of what I've seen this year, I'm actually kind of leaning towards Marita Cruz from Gundam Unicorn, um, because I don't know, she's just very stoic. She's like a very stoic badass. It's not entirely. Cl she's not entirely unsympathetic to the. To the main character, yet at the same time, she is kind of antagonist to him. Uh, so who is she? 
Um, well, she is uh, one of the Ace Mobile Suit pilots of the the sleeves um, when Neo Zeon left over, the air quotes, bad guys. Um, she does kind of have a secret identity that's kind of a... I don't know. Like, does anyone care? Uh, is this but, something spoiled in the first episode? Or is, no, it, or is it all backstory? Something gets spoiled in the third episode trailer. Um, it is backstory, really. It's only really relevant, I guess, if you ever watch Zeta Gundam, or Gundam Double Zeta. And God knows many people never will. But uh, Then spoil the shit out of it. Uh, is that Rita Cruz is, in fact, the last of the Puru clones. Uh, Puru 12. Or Pull 12, if you're... Uh, Going with the recently unveiled English romanization of her name, as according to English dub, um, she who was this basically an army of basically psychic loli clones who, because that was the main villain's big plan, army of psychic loli clones. Did he have a fetish? Well, he was originally supposed to be Char, but then they realized they were getting a movie, so they saved Char for the movie. <laughs> so that should speak for itself. Yes. But she has actually had like a horrible life after the end of that, and has been abused and tormented, and that she has any kind of sanity left is kind of amazing. And that's actually kind of why I think she's pretty badass. That and she had a show filled with cool mobile suits. She's definitely, like, in the top three of cool mobile suits in the show. <laughs> uh, that's, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, no one watches this but me. Well, maybe Basil. I need uh, to watch it. Yeah, it's like... I need to order the second Blu-ray, but they're so expensive. I broke down and ordered it. It, it is glorious. When the unicorn launches into battle, it is, it is glorious, both visually and musically. The show is, like... The show is just one of the best animated things I've ever seen in terms of just animation quality. Uh, Alright, Brad, go. Turo Neko from Ore no Imoto. Explain. You get what you get with her. She's, she, she, um, I think the reason I like her so much is because I, as much as people like um, the, well, what's her name? Kirino? I can't stand her. I cannot stand Kirina. I like every episode I watch. Yeah, she has her moments, but you just want to slap that bitch. And Kuroneko is like the antithesis of of her, especially like after she gets introduced in the second episode and, and onward. And she has this like you say you say oh well she has that cute appeal because she's a lolly goth. But besides that, she reminds me of a lolly goth version of you, Basil. <laughs> she does. You do not She's want... very critical of other people's tastes of anime, and an almost, uh, how should I say this, condescending sense. <laughs> but deep down, and you see this in another in, in a later episode, she does have her soft side. She cares for her little sister. She does sort of, you know, help out Kyosuke uh, on more than one occasion. So she has her good side. She just likes to hide it sometimes. But but her criticism of like anime particularly that one episode where they they watch uh they watch Merudu in like um the, the Kosaka's like a downstairs living room she she starts going to detail about like why I can't like this anime first reason uh the opening theme is electronic music second the 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 character or whatever it's like there's no friendship in this anime or whatever and they try to lollify everything and and it's quite disgusting blah 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 it's like <laughs> But it just reminded me of uh, you, and I like that's that's why I, I like her because I like you. 
Well, if they're on a second I, season and she stands up and goes, this is moe moe bullshit, then we'll watch it. Yeah, then she does that. <laughs> Maybe we should. This that, what I, I this, is this this, is this that, I can't believe my sister is so yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Somehow God. that show just turned me off by its appearance. Um, but So the sister is the one who's supposed to be lovable, but she's actually annoying? Yeah. I could buy that. But that's kind of the impression I got. But uh, does he end up with his sister on that? No, one? no. Well, I, I don't want to know, so I'm going to move on. Yeah. Uh, my best female of 2010. I am going to give it to another novel series. I'm going to give it to Karen Murphy uh, from the Dredson Files by Jim Ooh, Butcher. Good choice. Good, good choice. choice. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> um, um, she, you know, as you know, she is constantly referred to as small but fierce. She is the police officer that always helps out. You know. Uh, private detective ace wizard Harry Dredsden <laughs> on his various cases and in the latest novel changes she goes through everyone goes through changes and she starts having to have a new outlook on life in certain ways and you know she really grows as a character but then uh, this past fall um, Jim Butch released a book of short stories called Side Jobs which was a collection of a bunch of other stories um, in the in the Dredson verse that he had written, but he also included a final, uh, well, not final, but the the last one was a one called Aftermath, which focused entirely on Murphy and how she's dealing with the events that happen at the end of the book changes, and so she's just really got a lot of you know screen time as it were in the in his books lately, and she totally deserves it. She's awesome, and so that's why she is my best female character. Well, there you go. Knowing is half the battle. And speaking yeah. of Joe's best male character, Honor Harrington. <laughs> you can't use Honor <laughs> Harrington for every... Especially if it's not a male! She's uh, strong enough for a man, but pH balanced for a woman. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, I, I dropped biggest... Uh, I'm not going to use the same guy I used for biggest badass. Um, Who did I use for biggest badass? I forgot that already. Main guy from Atomin. Oh yeah, I did that, didn't I? Alright, right, well everyone else is thinking and kill and, and curing dead time. I'm gonna use uh Takeshi Tatsumi mm-hmm. from Giant Killing. Hmm. Giant Killing, the wonderful little soccer anime and manga that was um, the anime finished up this year. And uh, Tatsumi is kind of the um, soccer coach equivalent of Onizuka, <laughs> of the great teacher variety, where he constantly decides he will, they'll go, all right, he's the coach. And so, and he's actually the main character of this wow, soccer show. Yeah, he, the coach is the main character, which is really neat. And so what tends to happen is they'll go, okay, how to beat these guys? And then he'll go, do this. And like, that makes no goddamn sense. He's like, I don't care. Go do it. And nine times out of ten, it works. And usually, oh, yeah. the tenth time it doesn't work is because they didn't quite, you know, they, they just weren't good enough for what his crazy idea was. Ah. And so, it's just really neat to watch him, you know, interplay and him sort of this goofy, carefree attitude. and But actually, secretly, lurk a super soccer genius, badass mind of his that really, you know, yeah. takes these ragtag, yeah. you know, group of, you know, Losers into an awesome fighting team. I haven't watched for that, but I gotta say the the opening theme to that was 
is pretty awesome. It's like some mix of uh, Japanese and like some British folk like a, song. Almost. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, but um, okay, I, I I totally got one, and really it should have been obvious, and it clicked right in my head as soon as somebody else started talking. But uh, Takto, the main character from Star Driver, is my favorite male character right now. He's a uh, he is the epitome of fabulous manliness. <laughs> Well, he is the Galactic Pretty Boy. He is the Galactic Pretty Boy. To be honest, he'd probably be in a good running for Biggest Badass. <laughs> but, uh... What makes him so awesome, though? Um, well, he knows where the plot is. They tell him to stay out of that abandoned gold mine. He goes right to that abandoned gold mine. <laughs> um, and that he's just... He's bizarrely confident in fate. He's Honestly, he's pretty much... Tamaki from Oran High Host Club. Uh, but but as a mecha pilot, but without, as a mecha pilot. without his hang-ups on Harhi. Correct. He's a little bit more down-to-earth, which makes him a little more awesome. But uh, Which I guess without his hang-up on Harhi kind of makes him not Tamaki. He had that time kind of fabulous, uh, here I am, uh, I, I am awesome element to him, though. Oops. Especially when he appears to do battle with his giant robot. Which and, helps yeah. it's the same voice actor as well. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. But he is always entertaining to watch. Him and his antics, and when he's being heroic, when he's being a weird, silly goof, he's fun to watch. And he's been one of the more entertaining characters this year. Uh, and he's just generally fun. Gentlemen? Uh, I'm going to have to stick with the same series and go with the brother, Kyosuke. <laughs> Stop you and your. Well, he does everything for his little sister, but always takes crap for it. All right, I'll play your porn like, games. No, but... Yes, but besides that, like <laughs> the thing that stuck out to me was um, when when Kirina's best friend found out she was reading uh, H. Dojins mm-hmm. from uh, from Comicet, and Kyosuke basically like took the fall. And said, like, uh, tried to get them uh, back together as, as friends. And then there was also the instance before that where their their father found out about Kimino playing those Edo games. And he took the fall by basically saying, oh, they're mine, I love this, I love doing all this weird perverted crap or whatever. <laughs> it's like, and, uh... and, and, and the father's reaction was basically, who, who is voiced by Gendo, by the way, it's like, Bakamusko, you stupid son, and then punches him in the face. Because you do that. And then he goes, it's Gindo. No, okay. Sorry. (laughs) The voice of the double driver was Gendo. From Kamen Rider Double, the voice of the transformation belt was Gendo. Sorry. Uh, He gets around. (laughs) Yeah. The current show is one of the Jam Project singers. The voice of the belt. (laughs) Alright, Lee, do you have a best awesome male? Sangers on Volt. The sword that cleaves evil. Not not Kyosuke Nambu. <laughs> I was that's he's a close second. Okay, Zenger is awesome. He is the sword that cleaves now, evil. Now what show is this? Uh, the same one that Excel is from. Super, Super Robot, Robot Wars, Wars. Original Generation, the Inspectors. Okay. Um, yeah. He's a man that pilots a mecha that has a big sword that cuts things in half. I, I, I can agree with this statement. That sounds pretty awesome, pretty badass. I mean, yeah, it's, he is. Uh, sounds pretty great. And he goes, I have the sword that cleaves evil and then cuts you in half. Yeah. He's, and pretty, he's, mu- uh, pretty much, they have this, they have this armored, 
armored fortress underground in Africa. It's like, it's impenetrable, nothing could break it. And then you have Sanger's Anvil fighting this guy, I won't go into his origins, called, uh, how was his name? Ymir? Yeah, Ymir. Ymir Woden. And they, like, break, or Woden, Ymir. They, like, yeah. break the whole place because they're so bad at it. It's kind of his uh, evil counterpart yes. <laughs> in the show. It's his rival. It's his rival character. Um, they're very similar in a lot of ways, um, except but, he's evil. Well, the pro- <laughs> the pro- only problem with Sanger's Donovan is he can't really be a main character because he's too awesome and he would he break everything. He actually is the main one of the main characters selectable in Super Hot Wars Alpha Two. Well, that was that, that's, that's. But he is relegated to a supporting character role in the final game, no matter who you pick. Because he's just too awesome to be the main character, so you know they have to go, hey, you need to go off and do things over here so that other people can actually have a chance <laughs> yeah, to shine. He, otherwise he honestly does everything. tend to overshadow the rest of the cast when he's on stage. He's also a very large ham, yes. as if you haven't noticed from me saying all this. He's like, yeah, he's pretty awesome. Oh, I will chew scenery, I'll do kind of cut things. Yeah, that's what he does. And now... Honor Harrington? Yes, well... <laughs> the best Honor Harrington... I was just saying it's gonna be at the for this our pat our best passive moment of awesome and in this case moment of awesome is a moment when you're either watching this or reading this or what have you that you're like oh snap shit just got real uh, wow that was awesome so you're saying it's a it, moment of awesome that's right yeah. it is. A moment of awesome. I actually have an interesting one for this. Um. And pretty much every time, about mm, three-fourths of the way through the any Honor Harrington book will qualify. <laughs> but no, I, what I'm going to choose is in the last episode of Panty and Stock of Garter Belt, when they accidentally shoot the sky and what happens afterwards. And I'll leave it at that. I have an interesting one because it doesn't really involve anime, manga, video games. It's actually a piece of news, and I, but I did find it just tooling about the internet. And that is uh, the U.S. Navy having a fully functioning railgun they test fired and seeing the video of that. That was pretty badass. That was awesome. <laughs> does have a rather spectacular electric discharge, uh, but it, it's awesome. <laughs> My moment of awesome happened very, several times, many times during the Scott Pilgrim movie. <laughs> all sorts of awesome flashing lights yeah. and special <laughs> effects and fight scenes and video game references hit me so hard that I saw colors and smelled sound and shit. So. And then discovered afterwards there was a movie behind all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, BAM! Uh, maybe Scott Pilgrim counts, although not. Uh, it's one of the few good movies that had a good video game license, but maybe we'll get into that next time. But yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say all of Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to have to think of... Uh, my uh, moment of awesome was watching anime in uh, this one episode of High School of the Dead. Where... <laughs> Don't raise your eyebrow, Mabel. It's an okay show. <laughs> Where Madhouse did whatever it was, just some awesome animation effects. Of I think it was the main like it was it was uh, who who's the guy that was the uh, the the gun nut or whatever that the gun nut guy 
the the fat like, guy otaku yeah, gun nut the, the fat <laughs> otaku what's his name um, i don't remember his name even though he's probably the most awesome character in the but show but he had to kill a zombie from like five, 50 yards away or whatever is a, or a certain distance and they showed the bullet coming out in slow motion and the 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 kendo girls uh um, Saiko, I think is her name. Like, she managed to dodge the bullet by, like, having it go through, like, oh, that around wasn't. her, or, like, that was the main enemy. character guy shooting the girl, the, yeah. that was the main character guy shooting the spear girl sniper rifle, and actually that's the moment you should raise your eyebrow at Basil, because the, you can't shoot a sniper bullet between two jiggling breasts. Yeah. That's impossible. But I think that were, uh, that was the Kendo's, Kendo girls, uh, Psycho's uh, jiggling breasts, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, not the... the, the I, that actually the broke me. Girl. That scene actually broke me. I thought that was going too far. I thought that was pretty awesome. I, I, lost my just... I lost my ability to suspend disbelief when it went between her jiggling breasts. Like, they completed a flop in between the bullet passing between them. Uh, I don't understand how this works. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I, I normally put up with the fan surf in that show. Maybe you've enjoyed it. Actually, for me, that scene, I could not suspend my disbelief. But fortunately, it kept being awesome after that, and I, it, yeah. was a, it was a brief moment. Well, we're going to take some time. We're going to take a, a you know, musical interlude, take a break, and then we'll come back with our top tops of various things, like best anime, best TV show, best whatever. Best blowjob. No, it, it's that's... All off screen. Um, make that of as you will. And we'll be right back. Buddy, and we're back. I'm not back. Oh yeah, no. Lee is totally back. I'm back, or am I? Kevin has now been replaced with other Kevin. No, he's not. No, because Kevin doesn't know about other Kevin. No, I'm confused. And we keep it this way. I'm confused about this. I, I suspect plots and conspiracies and plots within plots. Well, no, you're half right. There is only there's some kind of there's certain movies. That truly plots within plots within plots within plots is only truly applicable. And that's with any movie starring Nicolas Cage. Mm. Now the trick is, as I've said before, 
I'm not sure on this podcast, so I'll say it now to make be sure I've said it, is that Nicolas Cage movies aren't just movies starring Nicolas Cage. They're actually glimpses into Nicolas Cage's actual life. These are, in fact, actual events that Nicolas Cage has experienced that he's only now letting us glimpse into his life. And it makes that one movie uh, scary. What's that one? The, uh, the one where he hallucinates... Uh, what is that? We Ghost Rider? Yeah, I know. It is really creepy. <laughs> but, uh, so the question really is, what is this year's uh, best Nicolas Cage experience? Kick ass. Kick ass. So, you're going to say that Nicolas Cage as Adam West, or is Adam West? Nicolas Cage as Adam West as Batman was, um, yeah, that was the best Nicolas Cage. Why was that the best Nicolas Cage? Why? Yes, why? I want to know. Because it was the only movie I saw him in this year that he was any good in. Uh, Because. Adam West, Nicolas Cage, Batman is better than regular Batman in many ways. It's a frightening... Oh, because he was, you know, he was kind of that campy, Silver Age superhero style, and a, but he was, he was also not, a serious vigilante. He was not Batman. He was Big Daddy. He was Batman. <laughs> he was Big Daddy. That's he was what, Batman. No, he was Big Daddy. No, the reason this was the best Nicolas Cage movie of the year is because Nicolas Cage managed to have a partially leading role in this movie and not ruin it. I I don't understand how Nicolas Cage has never ruined anything. Ghost Rider? I never saw Ghost Rider. <laughs> National Treasure. National Treasure was awesome. No, it wasn't. It was Nicolas Cage, his fat name Indiana Jones. It was I, Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. Well, Nicolas yes, he's always Cage, Nicolas Cage. I mean, Nicolas Cage wasn't Nicolas Cage in this movie. He didn't detract from. No, that was he was like, still Nicolas Cage. He, okay, okay, I'll oh, buy that God. argument, but that didn't detract from. I just wanted to please buy this category. We're dragging it out because he was overshadowed by both Kickass and Hit Girl. If you say so, my but how I'm going to disagree. I feel Nicolas Cage as a wizard in the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Apprentice, was in fact, when the man can go, I can read minds. You know, for a fact, it was followed by, because I'm Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and a wizard. And the entire time, he'll like he's like throwing fireballs and changing like cars into demons and, and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, man, you go, Nicolas Cage, you go. You, you be Harry Dredson if Harry Dredson was Nicolas Cage. You are amazing at it. But all right, fine. We will. Alrighty then. We shall move on to best album. No, no, it's anal bum cover. <laughs> no, no. I, I spent seven years of my life trying to invent an anal bum cover. Failing to do so was my greatest regret. All right, Lee. What's your favorite anal bum cover? Um, it'd probably be had to be the wavy one shaped like anal beads. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, you thought, I believe, earlier before we started recording, you said you had figured out a, an album. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't listened to that many albums, so it was pretty actually pretty easy to narrow down, but I'm going to go with the uh, Hero Man Music Collection CD. Okay, Which what? is pretty much just the soundtrack to Hero Man, uh, with, all, both, with, the open, with both sets of openings and endings. Um, 
and all the and of course all the internal music. Uh, because Hero Man had a really good soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, that's just uh, it had a really good soundtrack. Okay. Uh, okay. It was very heroic. Um, most um, mostly done by metal heroes and no something heroes and metal. Cha- I don't even remember the artists, but it was fun. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I don't listen to that many actual albums. Uh. <laughs> do you have one, Brad? Yes, I do. And it counts as an album because they made an album out of it. It was uh, Sankey's Giving Day Hatsune Miku concert, which took place on March 9th. And the reason this is awesome, besides the fact that I'm, I'm a vocal otard, is that this concert is basically made news practically in half of all the countries that mean anything in the entire world. Like, every time there's a newspaper article or some online journal article posted about Miku and Vocaloid, like, she, she plants her flag on that country's foreign soil. And, and it's, it's just absolutely fascinating to watch. I liked it. So, leave it to the Japanese to come up with something like that. Indeed. All right, well, I'm going to choose something that actual real people make and not computers. Hey, that's a hot computer. Have you seen her? Her outfit is great. Hell yeah. You, Lee knows what I'm talking about. That's a great outfit, too. And it's like got all the frills. And, well, not really frills, but it's never mind. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite album is going to be uh, the latest release from Pendulum, Immersion. I feel that our wonderful DJ Inobito, our prestigious producer, will probably agree with me. This album is pretty goddamn amazing. In case you don't know, Pendulum's the most goddamn awesome drum and bass group ever. Ever. If you've ever listened to anything that was a that in, that dealt with Motorstorm, the uh, PS3 racing game, they did the main track for it, Slam. And Slam is like the most. It should be like the definition of drum and bass as a song is Slam. If you've never heard it, go YouTube it it's right now. Stop whatever you're doing. I don't care if you're driving. Pull over to the side of the road. You steal someone's computer and you YouTube this shit. What if you're podcasting? Well, we'll pause and you can go listen to it. You want no, to, we can pause it right now. Well, I'll still, I'll show it to you. It's awesome music. I believe you. All right. <laughs> Anyways, this is their latest album. Came out this year um, in May, and it is a wonderful, wonderful album from Genesis to Encoder. Every song, and it is great. In fact, if anyone listening here was at the wonderful uh, Hamacon mini convention we had in November, in uh, Witchcraft, I believe, was the first song played by our wonderful DJ Inabito uh, to kick off the rave. It is good stuff. We'll probably throw some uh, Pendulum stuff in as the music breaks for this episode. Do it, James. Do it now. Get to the copper. It's not a tumor. You, you could have said Austrian Death Machine, Lee, but you know, uh, I've not actually heard any of their albums. I've heard of some of their songs, uh, but and now we shall move on to a more intellectual topic: best novel. Yes, people read. I know I read. I know my. I, what if I read this year? Um, was anything new this year that I read? That's my problem. Um, changes, I guess. You um, did read changes. Uh, I know that was definitely out this year. If you need to pick a book that wasn't out this year, but you read it this year, that's fine too. Well, that's a lot of books. Well, not a lot of books. 
handful of books. Do you need, a, do you need some time to come? No, back? no, no. I might still have to go with changes. Regardless, changes is really the, good. Like the, changes uh, is mine. Jim Butcher's, uh, well, not counting the short stories one, the most recent Harry Dresden novel. Well, actual novel published. Yeah, it is. Uh, did have some of the biggest upheavals in the main character's life. Well, yeah, that's an understatement. Um, and it did have a the as as much as his life got upheaved from what we were all used to, it has just as equally large arc of awesomeness in the story. There were some really out there things that happened in a very good way, um, in a very entertaining way, certainly. And I'd say that actually, my moment of awesome was actually one of the possibilities was when Harry Dresden took out an entire race of vampires. That's <laughs> how he did it. Once it was involved, but it, how they, it was amazing. Suffice to say, there is more than one kind of vampire in the Dresden verse. They're like three, aren't but they? now there's one less. <laughs> and how they got there was like, oh shit, yeah, in in, in infinitum, like oh my gosh, wow. Jim Butcher just keeps amazing. There is actually a. Although, um, there's a moment when there's the something the villain does, and I was just forced to, where he just kind of little breaks his promised word, and I'm, oh, fiendish Dr. Wu, you done fucked up now. <laughs> Although he was not Dr. Wu, that's a Black Dynamite reference. But, uh, did Black Dynamite come out this year? <laughs> no, I think it was the year previous. Damn it, that could have been my favorite movie. Although, oh, God, <laughs> Black Dynamite is an awesome, awesome, awesome film. Oh, my goodness, it is, it is great. Why have I not seen this movie yet? I don't know. I don't know. You, you should. Do you like black exploitation cinema? It can be very entertaining. Yeah, Black Dynamite was 09. Yeah, Black Dynamite is both a satire at the of the black exploitation genre yet at the same time a the greatest black exploitation movie ever made. It is it is very we need to do a, a We will an do awesome, an awesome cast of this. I keep wanting to. I know Basil wants to and I think Eric wants to. We can probably get you to watch it pretty easy. It would be, it'll be fun. Sounds um, good. Well, you all must be the readers of this group because I didn't read any novels this year. <laughs> I read some more. I was really looking for something that came out this year, though. Uh, but to be fair, I think, yeah, Changes still ranks number one for, out of what I've read this year. But um, that's okay. I've, I've got your back covered because um, I did throw out onto the Twitters. Um, to ask people's opinions, and I did get one person's opinions, which is uh, Narutaki from Reverse Thieves, or she also goes by her name Kate, and she gave me some things to uh, throw in there, and her for her novel she gave me um, Incarceration uh, by Catherine Fisher, which apparently is a young adult science uh, fantasy slash science fiction novel about. Um, a girl, I believe, or guy, a person who's been in, who is trapped in a magical prison, and based on the plot summary I, I glanced over on Wikipedia, it looks pretty awesome, and I think I'm actually going to try the book out now. Called incarceration? Yes, or incarceration, or. Well, that doesn't help if I want to like Google it later. But... Well, I will tell you. I will show you the name of it later. Alrighty then. Okay. Uh, okay. Cartoon. 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 Of the not-Japanese variety. Ooh, I don't ever watch those. Well, I, that's, that's a lie. Yeah, Symbiotic Titan. What else would it be? It's uh, true. That's, well, I don't know. There must be some other cartoon out there that people watch. 
Well, no. I mean, well, if it if it's a cartoon, James just walks in flipping us off. Yeah. Which is more just of a hello, less of our cartoon, really. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> close the fucking door on your podcast. That's James. Dad was mad at us. My allowance is going to get cut again. <laughs> That's true. I don't know, dude. Are we kind of in agreement on Symbiotic Titan? <laughs> I, was like... I would also say Adventure Time. Oh, Adventure Time. Adventure Time is really, really good. <laughs> I need to see well, more Adventure Time. I'm going to stand on Symbionic Titan. What time Titan. is it? <laughs> I'm going to stand on Symbionic Titan as... Uh... No, Symbionic Titan is really, really, really good. I mean, I, I would have to... If it wasn't for that, I knew you were going to say Symbionic Titan. Yeah. That allows me to be able to say Adventure Time. Kind of this weird thing where, I, like, Gynax stole Gendy Tartakovsky's style in doing Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt, and then he stole Gynax's style and did a classic Super Robot show. Well, okay, you stole Gona Guy style into the classic Super Robot show. I was about to show. say, not really Gynaxes. Uh, but it's kind of like, huh, wait, they're doing... You just look at the two character design styles, and you wonder if we're looking at the right country heading. Uh, I would like to point out that um, I also like to make a parallels between Symbiotic Titan and Star Driver. Mm. Eh. Think about it. A trio, mm-hmm. two males, one female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, giant robots... High school. High school. Yeah, it, it's... Then there's some kind of disturbing creatures in Symbionic Titan. There are. There's right? some disturbing moments when you realize this is a kid's show. Mm-hmm. Children watch this show. And us. And Man, children have it good these days. Yeah. I, maybe not, but... Dude's getting killed on this show. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's... it's 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 good stuff. Symbiotic it's Titan is like okay, it is kind of prime time for Cartoon Network, but still, that's uh yeah, it's still Cartoon Network, not Adult Swim. <laughs> and uh, Kate threw out a uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, which is a Scooby Doo show I haven't actually seen, but I've heard other people say really good things hmm. about I've it. I've not seen this one either, but could uh, it be as good as a pup named Scooby Doo, which is to me the best? Nothing Scooby-Doo. is as good as a pup named Scooby Doo. Or maybe it is. It might be. Who knows? We'd have to watch it to find yeah, out. Yeah, we will. Maybe we will. 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is good only for Vincent Price. And, oh, Vincent Price. And pretty much that's it. And for Vincent Price. It gets and, a lot of negative for that one kid. That, uh, and also Vincent flag. Price, yeah. But it had Vincent Price. So the Vincent Price this really makes the price and go up. When you really have that many, well, when you have really so many awesome things, like all we've mentioned, and Vincent Price, it's really just awesome. Mm-hmm. And it also has Vincent Price. Pretty much. Vincent we Price. Should, well, I'm I done. don't know if Vincent Price is in I'm a TV done. show, but that's I'm our done. next topic. I'm done. Uh, TV show. TV show, as okay. in something involving What's on television? Yes, involving actors alive. on television. What's that TV show you showed us the other day? Human Target? Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> you don't watch a lot of TV, do you, Lee? No, that's uh, like, that's <laughs> the only TV I watched all year. <laughs> <laughs> So, by default, the by Human default, Target wins. Human Target wins. Oh, the Human Target is pretty fun. That was kind of awesome. Um, actually, because this goes back to my biggest badass, I gotta go with Kamen Rider Double. Uh, I, I love the Kamen Rider franchise in general, and I honestly think that's been the best Kamen Rider series I've seen so far. I mean, this show made me weep in the next last episode over the ma- what happens to one of the main characters. And it, it's... It's has its moments where you're going, why the hell am I watching this? But the overall show is just has some of the most cohesive writing in a common writer show. In I mean, you know, I, 
I can suspend my disbelief. I, I can believe a man can kick a monster so hard it explodes. I mean, you know, Chuck Norris does it all the time. Uh, but, uh... but you know, well, and I will point out that to, to Lee that Human Target aired in January of 2010. There you so go. So I barely made it. So you, in fact, like, probably will have the one show that actually, you know, premiered and actually is aired in 2010. Mm-hmm. So you chose the most 2010 of shows we probably will be talking about well, that qualifies. But it's just aired in 2010. Did it premiere in, did it yeah. premiere in 2010? Wait. Yes. No. Maybe. Hell if I know. Oh, well, actually, yeah, I should think it did. It was airing in 2010. Well, uh, I, I actually would normally have a better answer for this, but I, I'm stopping and thinking, and I'm like, uh... Because the show before it ran a short number of episodes, and that threw off the way the episodes ran, and I can't really remember. Um, I know it was airing in 2010, and the, well, I, I really did as long as it yeah, advertised it, I really yeah. didn't care. I was I was just messing with you, Kevin. I'm I'm actually not sure anymore. I didn't mean for you to, to go sentai. You've you know. insulted my honor, sir! I must kick you so hard you explode. <sighs> Anyways, human targets about a guy named Christopher Chance, who's like the super awesome bodyguard guy, who no matter how dangerous it is, he'll be your bodyguard and he will solve your problems, usually with awesome violent force. His boss worries that he has a death wish. It's true. Because he puts himself in front of a lot of shit. Like he's a human target. It's actually a heavily, heavily modified version of an old DC comic. For real? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one, Brad? I'm not a TV person. And that well, comic then. was Booster Gold. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> I, but I, I'd rather give the uh, I'd rather give the Facebook audience or the Twitter audience a chance. So. Then back to Kate with House MD. Well, that's House MD, of course. The house is always good. House, okay. Actually, what the episodes I've seen have been pretty good. I just hate medical dramas. Uh, Me too, but I still like House. It's weird. <laughs> My grand dream that they'll make sort of the um, Black Jack equivalent of like Dark Knight Returns, so they can have Hugh Laurie stars Black Jack. <laughs> Is it all of Black Jack kind of with a roughly the tone of Dark Knight Returns? I know it's a bit light. Sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> but. Mine is going to be on the TV series Eureka that airs on the Sci-Fi Channel. It is about uh, a sheriff called Jack Carter who wanders into this town called Eureka. Well, it secretly is... No, it's a town that no one... You only can get into if you know that it's there. Mm-hmm. More or less. Um, it's out in Timbuktu in these really wooded areas. It's kind of like Silent Hill, only instead of being creepy, it is the home to every super scientist ever. Wow. And so each episode deals with some sort of crazy super science problem that the only mad scientists, because it's an entire town of nothing but mad scientists. And he has to use his, you know, hunky-dory, you know, homegrown logic to save the day as, like, particle accelerators, like, go crazy and random stuff will happen. How uh, how uh, far out is it as far as its sci-fi is? I mean, does it go into things like time travel or anything? Yes, yes, it does. Awesome, awesome. Like, it has some sort of goofy, crazy science fiction idea they probably have thrown in there for an episode. Okay, that's awesome. That rules. That's what I was wondering about. So it's it's pretty great, pretty great. Now, on to movies. There were movies in 2000? There were movies in 2000. You just talked about Kick-Ass just a moment ago. You shut up. There's a movie called Kick-Ass? Was Nicolas Cage in that? Yes. 
Nicolas Cage exists? I thought he was a myth to scare children. Well, he is that too. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is everything. Nicolas Cage is all. My favorite movie for this year was Scott World versus The Pilgrim. I mean, Scott. Not intentional. <laughs> Scott Kickass versus The, the Shutter Island. Those were the only two movies worth seeing. Kickass? Well, Scott I mean, Pilgrim? those are the only two movies I left from the theater thinking, my God, I have to go see that movie again. Um. Well, then I guess Iron Man 2. Yeah. Was How to Train Your Dragon this year? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Uh, since Lee already said Scott Pilgrim, which well, was... Well, no, you can go for Scott Pilgrim, like, I'll use Shutter Island. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to give you Scott Pilgrim. Ass. I didn't give you Scott Pilgrim because I really kind of... Scott Pilgrim and How to Train Your Dragon were the two movies that after I saw them, I was like, when does the Blu-ray come out? When does the Blu-ray come out? When does the Blu-ray come out? Or actually, How to Train Your Dragon may have been the end of last year, now that I think of it. Well, either way. And then it would be Scott Pilgrim. But, um... <laughs> What's the verdict, Basil? Yeah, the internet's being wonky. Mm. So, I'm just going to go with uh, the Christopher Nolan film, Inception. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Like, it was a really, really... I've not seen that. It is awesome. I don't know why I haven't seen it, but I've not seen that. It is a bunch about people who delve yeah, into dreams. I basically know what it's about, and it even sounds interesting to me, I just, for some reason, haven't seen it. Like, as soon as, it was the movie that I, I, I left, immediately went home and ordered Beautiful Dreamer from the, uh, the Ur-Sayatsura movie. <laughs> it's because I had to have it, just because I realized I didn't, and I wanted to watch more crazy dream stuff, and like Paprika. And... Is it similar to that? I mean, is it similar yeah. to Beautiful Dreamer? Uh, yeah. Kind in, of. In ways. I don't know, ways. Not because, I don't know, it's sort of, that's actually my favorite Ur-Sayatsura movie, but, um, Pretty much, the idea is that they have to inspire an idea, a thought to someone's person by delving into their dreams, and that's really hard. And in order to do so, you have to create special conditions, requires lots of rules. And how they interact with the dream world requires lots of rules in the first place. And then suddenly it feels like out of nowhere the rules are being broken, even though they haven't been. And then the ending does the classic thing where like you're not sure what's real and what's fake and what's you know what's a dream, what's reality. Ooh. But it does a really good job of it. It's it's a really, really good ride, as it were. Did anybody yeah, here see either Splice or The Last Exorcism? Um Splice, all I got is some as uh, from a little bit in a sort of an unreality view of the nostalgia chick that one of the rules of mad science should be don't stick your dick in it. <laughs> Um, Last Exorcism, I actually kind of want to see. Uh, mostly due to uh, yeah. the Spoonie Experiment review, where you went into it expecting to hate it and actually ended up loving the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that made me go, hmm, I wouldn't normally watch that kind of movie either, but... <laughs> I heard... Oh, what about Paranormal Activity 2? Nah, I'm not going to go No, I'll that. tell you what, it was an awesome movie. Red. Red was pretty good. Yes. It was uh, Bruce Willis as an old, oh, retired... Oh, the retired ones, yeah. Retired and extremely dangerous, mm-hmm. I think is what it stands yeah. for. Red was an awesome movie. I would also accept the um, the uh, duo of Jeff Bridges' movies, Tron Legacy or True Grit. True Grit. True those Grit are both all, good. Those are both really good. I still haven't seen it, but I hear But uh, awesome. Helen Stadfeld, I think that's her name, like she was... Or Hallie or whatever, Stadfeld. The new girl. She was. She was. The main the, she was the main character of that movie. Even well, though she her was. Name was on the, her name wasn't on the uh, 
the poster or whatever. She got robbed. Yeah, I agree. Well, I I feel that she was, I feel in the original she was still the main character, but uh, in the original movie, but it the, the new movie from what I've heard is based more on the novel, mm. and that's definitely true of the novel. She is the main character. Mm. Well, it's hard to remake an old John Wayne movie. Yeah, and comparison comparisons are inevitable, but, and, and it's hard to stand. To do it. Yeah, it's hard to stand in the shadow they of John Wayne. To do it. It's hard to stand. That actually is my favorite John Wayne movie, and I don't really like westerns. Like that and Outlaw Josie Wales are the only two westerns I really like. <laughs> um, but uh, that's uh, so I'm actually looking forward to Crew Grit on video. I didn't. I have not seen it yet. I'm looking forward to the new one on video. So yeah. All right, now wrote to the biggins. Biggins. Best manga. I don't read manga. Manga. Have I read any new manga this year? I'm gonna say Otomen. Toman's good. Toman's good. Oh yeah, we said Scott Pilgrim counts. That's all I got. The Scott Pilgrim manga. Uh, all right, yeah, manga or comic? We'll take yeah. comics. Well, I'm gonna say Toman. I've already talked about it. Girly guy, and manly girl, and it's you have to you have to be tolerant of the premise. If you don't like, if you think that reading something about ooh men who are girly is like the stupidest thing ever, then you're not gonna like it. But if you can get into it, it's got some of the best characters ever, and it's a lot of fun. I know a manga you read, <clears throat> Kevin. Did I? Moto Hagios, A Drunken Dream. Actually, I haven't yet. I loaded. I know, I haven't even opened that up. It's good! I know, I love Moto Hagios. They it's, Were it, Eleven is like one of my favorite manga It's ever. a bunch of wonderful short stories in manga form. I'm ashamed to admit I have not actually read it. Um, I, I really do gotta go with Scott Pilgrim. The last volume did come out in 2010. Um, it's better than the movie, and I love the movie. <laughs> um, my best manga probably is going to, I would have to say, Cross Game. But, um, I talked about Cross Game in a previous podcast to very long extents yes, with, um, with, with Drew from Akibar Renditions and the wonderful Reverse Thieves, which, by the way, Reverse Thieves are also my favorite anime blog of 2010. Like, I hadn't been paying attention to anime blogs, and now I do pay attention to theirs. Well, I need probably attention to more of them, but so far there's only ones that have cut the mustard to keep my attention. Props to you guys. So, um, I'm going to go with Ayako from Ozamo Tezuka, that vertical release this year. Ooh, what's it about? What's it about? Um, it's about a. Fa- it's actually about a family. This is right after post-World War II Japan. Uh, it deals with some of the um, weird incidents that occurred with the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, but it deals with a family where, due to various dramas, ends up the main character Ayako being locked away for ten years wow. in a cellar, and how oh my god screwed up she becomes because of it, how imagine. screwed up the family becomes because of it, and how it all plays out in the end. And it's it's uh, it's uh, Tesca doing his darker side, and it's it's screwed up stuff, but he plays it pretty straight, and it's it's kind of like a Oh man, what craziness will it will they show us next? And it's it's a ride. Spice and Wolf is mine. Okay, Spice and Wolf is it was, good. It got tra- the manga got translated, started releasing this year. A light novel was late last year. I haven't read those yet, so I couldn't comment on the novels section. But the manga, so good. the manga is really good though. It really is. Oh, I can't wait to read more of it. 
Alright, now finally, the moment you've all been waiting for. Probably not, but by God, you've listened this far, you might as well go for the full nine yards. That's right, your favorite anime guys of 2010. Dum, dum, boom. Um, that's a pretty hard question. I do have an answer. Um, I will take top three. If you need a top three. I really, there are, I would say there's a top three. Um, I really, like, I'm inclined to say both Star Driver and Gundam Unicorn, but neither of those are actually finished. And while I'm really enjoying, like, the first half of the Star Driver TV series and the first two episodes of Gundam Unicorn, and I don't think they're going to do this, but they could just totally fall apart in the last half. I I hope they don't, because they're both awesome. But what I've seen all the way through, what aired and ended this year that I loved was Hero Man. Uh, Hero Man was awesome. Uh, animated by Bones, co-created by like the president of Bones and Stan Lee. <laughs> Who is a character in the anime. Which is awesome. Um, Knowing Stan Lee, that's actually not surprising that he would yes. a character. And I, I suspect him to really be voiced by Stan Lee when he gets an English language release. I, I really do. So. Um, but it, it's a it's set in Eagle Land, Amer- like America, that's just totally, uh, like, it is the most awesomely stereotypical American version of America ever. Like, it is so... It is so very much stereotypical, almost satirical portrayal of America. That almost makes me want to see. But how it's in the, the first nicest episode. way possible, like in our most positive image version of America, it, it, and but it is about a kid who basically, due to magic alien space lightning, his little robot toy turns into a weird cross between Captain America, the Hulk, and Thor, and he he fights evil, mostly space aliens, who are kind of but not really the Skrull. So, uh, is his toy a mecha or an actual character? It's a mecha. I mean, it's a robot. I mean, he's very Hero Man is very robotic. He doesn't really he, he occasionally bellows, but he doesn't really talk. But he, is he piloted or does he no, move himself? No, he he moves himself. Um, Joey, the main character, controls him through like this gauntlet. He, like the little robot's remote control turns into this gauntlet on his arm. Ah, and it it he can put commands through it. And although he's initially just the kid with the remote, uh, Joey himself does start developing abilities through the course of the show, and he himself does kind of become a hero in the course of the series as well. That's kind of the theme of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Joey Jones. It does the Marvel illiterate naming thing. Um, he has a he has the jock at school is his rival, but the jock's sister is his love interest. It, it's fun. It is a weird hybrid of what I love in American superheroes and what I love in Japanese superheroes in one show. Um, it's not a deep plot. It's a shonen series. It's a lot of fighting. It's probably aimed at a slightly younger teenage audience. But if you take it for what it is, it's fun. And it's the characters are pretty likable. And the show is overall very entertaining. And Hero Man has the best reaction image expressions ever. Every shot of his face is awesome. They make I gr- need to watch They it. make great screen cap material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, Brad. Well, in no particular order, um, Ori Noimoto is obviously going to be one of the three. 
I want to bone my stepsister or no, half sister, it's or like real that, sister. Actually. I don't remember. Well, I was relieved <laughs> to hear that it's not like that because I thought he was going to. End up it's being... actually a good. It's it's probably the 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 best anime and maybe only anime I can think of or most prominent anime since Genshiken, that sort of takes a comic introspective uh, look at the anime fandom as it exists today. It takes the form of this girl who likes Edoge, who likes uh, video games, who likes uh, stupid moe crap anime on TV and brags about DVD and Blu-ray editions and that sort of thing. <laughs> and, and, and there's even cosplay in it. Moe. So, <laughs> moe. That, that's, that's, that's one thing that, even though you might not like it, it did stand out this year. Uh, the other one will probably uh, the other two I'm gonna mention. The first one's gonna be High School of the Dead. <laughs> Basil's, Basil's like, oh my god, I think okay. I choked when he mentioned that. But I kind of like High School I, of the I, Dead. I really, I really like that show. That there is there aren't many shows that manage to combine comedy and horror, and it managed to do that, and not in a scary movie type of way. I could have used less fan service, but the they're being true to the manga. It, yes, and on top of that, the fan service is one of the things that makes that that show stand out among horror uh, yeah. shows. Uh, that has actually what almost lost me with the show, but I did like but the that's show. Your, but yeah. that's, that's your taste, and my taste is just different. Yes. The, the third one, and I think actually, I said no particular order, but the one I enjoyed most this year was probably Angel Boots. Uh, Angel Beats uh, aired, I think, uh, the spring season of this year. Um, done by PA Works. Uh, I think they did, was it Clannad or Canon or something like that? That one. Clannad. Um, they they have the names case. that are too close that I can't tell yeah, them apart. Yeah, they, but they did, they did an <laughs> earlier cute Moe kind of series, I think it was, like two or three years ago. And their work with Angel Beats, um, it did have a few flaws in, in, in inconsistencies when the TV series aired with like the dimensions and the drawings, but they corrected everything. It looks beautiful on Blu-ray. Um, Angel Beats is basically a series about uh, high school students that uh, they're dead, they're, but they're in this purgatory that's basically like a, a that's the setting of a Japanese high school. That's and right. Purgatory is high school. They're in that purgatory and they can't go to heaven and be reincarnated <laughs> because they have regrets from their past life. Mm. And the whole series premise is basically all these individual characters that know each other and the, the, the plot line goes so each character basically eventually resolves their one regret from their previous life. And another great thing about the series is that it has a band that is much better than After School Tea Time. And it wasn't known as an anime that actually you know centers around this band, but I really like Girls Dead Monster. They have the, They even have like a soundtrack. I think that's coming out in Japan. That's got like all their their tracks, and it's ten times better than anything that. So it's an that, anime. That blob Kion, like puts. So it's out an anime that didn't claim to be about a rock band, but actually had but a rock a, band but, but that it, performed more than the ones in Kion. <laughs> yes, actually, and one of the characters, I believe, uh, is it? It's. God, I forgot her name. Yui was the vocalist that came afterwards, but it was the, the, the one before that. I don't think it were... Her real name, I think, was, like, Lisa, but, like, I'm trying to think. But anyway, um, one of, her regret in life, I think, was that she couldn't perform 
on stage and 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 yet out her emotion like through her guitar uh, in real life and she finally managed to do that as part of this band on this acoustic song called My Song and when that ended she finally disappeared and you saw the guitar just the acoustic guitar just crash on the ground and that's that's just that's just one of the more meaningful type of uh, disappearances or re sort of re resolutions that you see in this anime. But the anime is basically full of that, and uh, I just really like that. I think it, almost anyone who watches it, watch past the first few episodes, you'll enjoy it. It's just it's it's a great standalone series by itself. I see. All right. Well, that got me through half my beer. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if that was an insult or a compliment. So, all right, time to time to class this shit up. Um, I'll I'll take three as well since we've taken three. Well, actually, first Lee, you I, class this shit up. My mine is a tie between Star Driver, which is all sorts of awesome, and my own personal favorite that you won't really get if you don't get into Super Robot Wars or unless you're very patient and watch all of Divine Wars. Is Super Robot Wars Original Generation The Inspector, which is a great fan thing, mecha show with yeah. awesome characters. It really is just, well, I don't know, I need to get someone who's not a fan to sit down and watch a couple episodes, but I, uh, until that, I stand by a statement, you pretty much have to be a fan of the games to like it. Yeah, pretty much. When Basil showed it at the, uh, at the mini-con, it was pretty much like, yeah, yeah that was confusing, let's move on, because you can't really understand but that's mine. Once again, I, I, certain some small flaws of that kept it from being in my three, and once again, as a problem, it's not over yet. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm not expecting it to tank in the last half, but you know, you never know. It could just completely turn into porn. Obari could have his way with it. That would actually really turn me off. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, honorable mention goes to Panty and Stocking for something that I shouldn't like but find amusing. The last episode is one of those things where it's like kind of like Code Geass where the second season I'm like, oh God, why am I watching this? And the last episode hit went, oh, okay. Oh, that was why I was watching it. All right. Sounds pretty good. And then Panty and Stocking is one of those things where I always say, it's not so much a show that you watch, it's a show that you endure. Because mm -hmm. it has amazing visuals, an amazing sense of just irreverent humor, and uh, you can definitely tell all the directors and stuff are having fun just making this thing. Mm -hmm. They're having a blast just creating it. But it's steeped in poop jokes and sex, sex jokes, jokes, and just really, the humor is so... Crude. As slick and as stylish as the show is, it's just as crude. Mm-hmm. And so it almost feels like it's a, it's always at odds with itself. Mm. But the ending is just so madcap and out there that it's something that only... You know, Gainax is one of those shows that feels that they can take crazy risks and be able to get away with it. Mm -hmm. um, Kyoto Animations with another one. Um, see Endless 8. Yes, bastard. Um, that was a mistake in their case, I think. But... but <laughs> the ending to Penny and Stog of Garterbelt is crazy go nuts and in wonderful ways. Yeah, unless you kind of expect that from guys. You do not know what you're about to watch. I guarantee you, you watch that last episode. Tell me you expected that. <laughs> you do it, and you tell, and you come back to Basil. Yep, I knew that was going to happen. You're not. I'll be. It, you I saw lie. that coming from a mile away. Anyways, my top three is um, 
First, I'm going to go with uh, Kate, or Narutaki from Reverse Thieves, with Giant Killing. Giant Killing is definitely, I always said, is my um, is my secret shame, as it were, anime to watch, because it's my, uh, my, um, my guilty pleasure. Because it's totally, you know, straight up a sports soccer anime. But it's one of the neatest, interesting soccer animes I've seen in a long time. Um, but you have to be a soccer fan to be able to really get into it. Because it really does get the nuts and bolts of its soccerness, mostly because it was developed by a team of like coaches and other creators who all like you know knew soccer. Wow. Um, and then the other one was uh, another one is Karagahime, or known as a Jellyfish Princess. Oh, that that was a really good one. Which is actually the show that's like Genshiken that really sheds a light onto <laughs> uh, Japanese culture, as this is a show about Fujoshi. And not just, you know, like, anime you know, characters were like, I'm a girl, but like to buy Blu-ray box sets. I.e., a female character that's acting like the male character so the guys have something to fantasize about. No. These are freaking die in the wolf of Joshi. They are freaks of nature and they are awesome for it. You've got a girl who's into trains. You've got a girl who's into ancient Chinese history. And refers to everything as ancient Chinese history. A girl who find old men are sexy. Not just like middle-aged old men. I mean like with gray hair and possibly balding. Like Swiss Gar and G-Mills? Yes. <laughs> you know, you've got a girl who is into uh, dolls and not like like actual like, you know, little traditional Japanese dolls that wear like kimonos and stuff. Okay, not that creepy ball jointed doll shit. No, it's, it's more okay. more traditional, like Japanese dolls. No offense intended to people who like the creepy ball jointed dolls. And but then they're creepy. The main character who's her big thing is jellyfish. Jellyfish, jellyfish of course. Because it reminds him reminds they remind her of her mother. And the fact that all girls can be princesses. And she finds out in the first episode, it doesn't matter if you're a girl or not, whether or not you can be a princess. And I'll leave it at that. Well, that's a lesson I think we could all that learn. That first episode, wow. Well, that was a great episode. But I think my favorite one will have to go to the Tatami Galaxy, which is a show that um, was directed by uh, Masaki uh, Yuasa. Animated by Madhouse, so I know that they could still do good work. As it's got a very... it's You could definitely tell it was made by Japan, but it's almost got a... I don't want to say Warner Brothers, but a very cartoonish sense of animation to it. Like, they just will do goofy, like, um, like stretch and pull that you don't see normally uh, out of anime. But it still very much looks like something that the Japanese would make. So, the between House of the Dead and Tatami Galaxy, that's where all Madhouse's good animators yes. were yeah, this year. Which was like one season, then they had to, then they were left over like like $5 to make an Iron Man with, I guess. Yeah, I guess but, so. What was the plot of this? Um, it follows a uh, a named um, third third university studio, uh, third year university studio university student in, in Kyoto, and he t- keeps talking about um, in each episode he tries to join a different club to find love and he fails at it and therefore hates love and then tries to wreck everyone's happiness, and he's constantly being driven by this other character named Ozu, who is sort of his dark conscious given human form who's an actual person who's constantly you know, like encouraging him to do horrible things. Wow. And so it's pretty much them just trying to wreck people's shit. And then the last couple episodes 
takes everything what happened currently and then throws it on its head and you know, turns it around and you realize what it's actually just done to you. And you're like, oh, that's what that show's about. Like, I feel that, you know, M. Night Shyamalan could watch this show and take lessons. What a twist. I must watch this. Because it, it does turn everything around. And then when you're done with the last, ep- you know, last couple episodes, you realize, oh, wow, that, that was way deeper than I thought it was going to turn out to be. And it's, it's good stuff. It's really... And also, we'll tie in, like, they'll randomly, something crazy will happen out of nowhere. Like, and, you, and there's no way for that to actually have happened, so you sort of just ignore it. Mm-hmm. And then in the last couple episodes, they actually ex- there's actually a very logical and correct reason for all these things to happen. And then you're like, oh, okay. That makes sense. And it's good. And what's the title one more time? Uh, that's Tommy Galaxy. The Tommy Galaxy. Far, far away. Um, I believe the, the whole thing, actually, I think, can still be watched on Hulu. As it's the uh, Neutemann um, block, or the animation block, just reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, that Funimation had the um, digital streaming rights for. Awesome. Another really good show was A House of Five Leaves, which was another show during the same block. I've heard good things about that Which one. is an awesome little samurai show. And so, yeah, that's yeah. almost two hours of us bab- babbling about stuff from 2010, so... I think that was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked a lot. That we recorded today. That's right. Yes. In 2011. Best episode of 2011 so far. So far, it's by none. I, I, yes. I, I don't know how we're going to top this. Yes. Until next time, when we talk about video games. And maybe sports. <laughs> I'll give you a spoiler. Video games. Oops. Here, on the Awesome Cast. No, 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 now, now he does the out thing out the radio. Right. Okay, that other thing. That's right. The one I never actually make fun of. I did. Uh, do, do, do. Uh.